Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the elf race. This is part of our race overview series where we go over all the possible player races. And this is numero two on the list. And this is the second part of the infamous fantasy trifecta. We did dwarves already. You know, humans is the other part of that triangle. But today we got the elves. That's right. Now, the elves, this is the thing that they, uh, Paizo doesn't go far off from the what you expect with an elf with the long ears. Uh, let, me, let me read to you the physical description. Generally taller than humans, elves possess a graceful, slender physique that is accentuated by their long, pointed ears. Ooh. It's a mistake, however, to consider them weak or feeble, as the thin limbs of an elf can contain surprising power. Is it surprising if you expect it, though? Their eyes are wide and almond-shaped and filled with large, vibrantly colored pupils. The coloration of elves as a whole varies widely and is much more diverse than that of human populations. However, as their coloration often matches their surroundings, the elves of a single community may appear quite similar. Forest-dwelling elves often have variations of green, brown, and tan in their hair, eye, and even skin tones. Talk about ages, uh, to give you a perspective on it, human reaches adulthood at 15 years, an elf 110 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are considered middle-aged when they are at 175, human are 35. Old, you know, human be 53, they're 263. Venerable, humans at 70 years old, they're at 350 years old. Here's, here's the best one. They are by far... The oldest living creatures of all the core races, and I think of most others, if not all the others. Their maximum age is 350 years, plus 40 percentile years. The oldest elf ever to live, 750 years old. Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. They did, Yeah, I just checked the list. They are the longest living race, only contested by the drow, who are just also elves. Who <laughs> are just also elves, but not... <laughs> I wonder if any of the, like, when we get into some of the other uncommon races and the like, if we'll find someone that also lives that long. You'll have to listen to our other episodes and see. And we'll have to actually read numbers and do math <laughs> to figure that one out. But I, I don't think anyone's going to come close. The dwarves, no, I don't think so either. Like, they kind of, they're part of, like, their own almost age group. A lot of people almost match up with the dwarves, where they can reach, like, that 350, 450 age when they're venerable. A lot of people are more toward the human scale. I'm sure goblins don't live very long. I can't wait to get to the goblins now that I think about it. Uh, that will be fun. I, I want to say, we, I know we're not going to cover, but I just want to mention, if you are having trouble or you want to get some inspiration for creating a story for your character and they're an elf or they're any race, read the stuff Paizo has. They have a lot of cool and interesting things, not only about like a little summary, but they have stuff about their society, relations, alignment and religion, why they become adventurers. Uh, it's, 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 it's pretty interesting. I always enjoyed kind of reading that if you are going to go in the Galarian world. And they even give you male names and female names for each class. Uh, at least of the cores. So you can take a look at that if you're really interested. But let's get into the meat and potatoes. Let's look at those standard racial traits. Remember, we have five basic racial traits for every class. So let's start with the ability score racial traits. Elves are nimble and they're intelligent, but they are slightly frail. So they get a plus two bonus to their dexterity, a plus two bonus to their intelligence, but a minus two to their constitution. So this favors them being archers, things that do stuff at a range, spellcasters or investigators, people who use intelligence, but they tend to stray from the front line with the minus two the constitution, because that would take a hit to your total hit points and your fortitude save. 
certainly doesn't make it impossible, but definitely it's not what they're trying to show you they're built for. Even though you're not getting strength, there's certainly frontline fighters that do use dexterity. Oh, definitely. There's some instances where elves can thrive in the front lines. They can definitely be fighters, but the two constitution is something you always got to be thinking about. Definitely. Their size, are they are medium creatures? So the basic, no bonuses, no penalties. They are humanoids with the elf subtype, so anything that targets elves, favorite enemy elves, affects general elves. They have the average base speed, which is 30 feet. And they begin play speaking common and elven. If they have a high intelligence score, they can choose from the following uh, base languages. Celestial, Draconic, Null, Gnome, Goblin, Orc, and Sylvan. I'm interested, like, a lot of them make sense. Um, Gnome and Sylvan, they are both languages that are closely related to each other, and they both have to do with nature, which makes sense of elves mm-hmm. having, but the, the Null, the Gnome, the Goblin, that kind of seems out of nowhere for me. I don't understand why they have that. The, the Null was the one that stuck out for me. Uh, I'm sure maybe if we read some of their, you know, history, official history, it might make sense, but I'm with you. Null's interesting, but hey, listen, Nulls are cool. I'll take it. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, their racial traits. Uh, the defensive one they have is called Elven Immunities. Elves are immune to magic sleep effects and gain a plus two racial saving throw bonus against enchantment spells and effects. So that's kind of like a little mini dragon. Like dragons are immune to enchantment and sleep and stuff like that. So it's interesting. Being immune to sleep is one of the reasons that um, elves are favored to be summoners because summoners lose their eagle on if they fall asleep. So like that's one big weakness out the window. Right. Uh, they have a racial trait having to do with their skills. It is called Keen Senses. Elves receive a plus two racial bonus on perception checks. Gotta love that more perception. I will take it. Them almond eyes, son. Very basic, very helpful. A magical racial trait is called Elven Magic. Elves receive a plus two racial bonus on caster level checks made to overcome spell resistance. In addition, elves receive a plus two racial bonus on spellcraft skill checks made to identify the properties of magic items. Those are both very good. Uh, the plus two bonus on caster level checks itself is a feat, and then on top of that, they get the plus two bonus to uh, spellcraft skill checks. So th- that in general is very good and helps them get along with being a magic user. And if you weren't a magic user, you would look through when we go to the alternate racial traits, see which one replaces elven magic, because they'll be practically useless to you. They have a racial trait associated with offense, and it's their weapon familiarity. If you are an elf, you are automatically proficient with longbows, long swords, rapiers, and short bows. Uh, furthermore, if you're someone with martial weapon proficiencies, any weapon with the word elven in its name, you treat as a martial weapon instead of an exotic weapon. And they have a sense racial trait, low light vision. Elves can see twice as far as humans in conditions of dim light. So all in all, they got some pretty good stuff. The weapons are definitely useful. That means even if you're a wizard, you can still use a longbow and a longsword. Doesn't necessarily mean you'll be super good with it, though. So if you are a wizard and you want to pick another alternate racial trait, weapon familiarity might be the one to replace. Mm -hmm. I think across the board, these are generally very useful ones. There's none that I'm looking at except, like, the magic one, like you pointed out, that I'm like, I kind of want to get this away. Those are all generally useful traits. Definitely. And you would think that elves would have, like, a a nature kind of theme to them. These elves don't. They have the arcane magic theme, and that's it. Uh, No nature theme to be seen. Right. Even though it does talk about it in their background, you certainly are right here. Maybe some of the alternate racial traits will have one. Let's take a look at them. 
their first alternate racial trait. This is what Caleb was talking about, where if you don't want that weapon familiarity and you're a spellcaster, you can instead take Arcane Focus. Elves with this racial trait get a plus two racial bonus on concentration checks made to cast Arcane spells defensively. Very useful if you're a spellcaster. Even more useful if you're a magus. Magus? Magus. I, I, I still don't know. I'm, I honestly need to figure this one out. I still don't know. Dark Vision. Elves with this racial trait gain dark vision with a range of 60 feet, but also gain sensitivity to light and are dazzled of areas of bright light or within the radius of a daylight spell. This trait replaces low light vision. Kind of like we talked about with the dwarves. This is, you know, a give and take. If you expect to do a campaign that's not outside a lot or you can deal with the negative, then go ahead and take it. Why not? The next one is Desert Runner, and this is another one that replaces Elven Magic. So if you were a person who doesn't use magic, you'd want to consider this one. Elves with this racial trait receive a plus four racial bonus on constitution checks and fortitude saves to avoid fatigue and other negative effects from running, forced marches, starvation, thirst, or hot or cold environments. There's a couple racial traits like this in other classes. I'm sorry, other races. I've never been very keen to pick on it because I don't remember doing in any game I've played or GM'd a lot of forced marches and stuff, and I often like to buy a ring of sustenance pretty quickly, so don't worry about starvation or thirst. Uh, I don't know. It is, um, if you're not going to be casting any arcane spells, there's no reason not to pick it up in case something like that ever does pop up. Sure, sure. Next is Dream Speaker. This will replace Elven Immunities. You get a plus one to the saving throw DCs of spells of the Divination School and sleep effects they cast. In addition, elves with a Christmas score of 15 or higher may use Dream once per day as a spell-like ability. Hmm. I like this one. You are replacing Elven Immunities, but I think you're getting something comparable in return. I'm checking uh, the Dream. Just make sure you you have a high Charisma score already. Don't do Charisma just to do this. (laughs) The Dream spell-like ability is you basically touch someone or you touch a messenger and... You can send a message to someone's dream. Like, you just get a little message of some length, and it will pop up in someone's dream. Ladies and gentlemen, please get consent before you touch somebody to give them a dream. <laughs> it's just it's just good manners. The next is Elemental Resistance. This is another one replacing Elven Immunities. Elves with this racial trait gain Elemental Resistance 5 to Acid, Cold, Electricity, or Fire. You have to make this choice a character creation, and you can't change it. That's okay. Resistance 5 to one element isn't terrible. Losing the immunity to sleep, though, kind of kind of hurts sometimes. Yeah, did the dwarf one get, like, immunity to two of them, or was that, like, a feat? No, he got, like, the um, bonus of saves. He didn't get a, gotcha, any immunity gotcha, that I remember. Gotcha. Next is Envoy. Elves that have an intelligence score of 11 or higher gain the following spell-like abilities once per day. Comprehend languages, detect magic, detect poison, and read magic. Castle level for these effects are equal to the elf's level. This replaces elven magic. I take this in a heartbeat. Yeah, this is this is one I took when I ran an elf. Even though I was already a spellcaster, like just having the free spells is really nice. Yeah, those are cool. Especially like comprehend languages. You never know when you want to just understand another language in the blink of an eye. Definitely, detect magic and read magic would be good for identifying magic items, which happens all the time. Next is Eternal Grudge, and this is replacing elven magic. Elves with this racial trait receive a plus one bonus on attack rolls against humanoids of the dwarf and orc subtypes because of special training against these hated foes. Okay, so they know orc because apparently they're somehow enemies with them in Pathfinder lore, and they also don't like dwarves for some reason. Oh yeah, dwarves also had a racial trait that was like... who does? Honestly. (laughs) I feel like I already have this trait. 
Did you? I don't just, say why does everyone like? hate dwarves? They're so not hateable. I find. <laughs> I strongly disagree. I wouldn't be like, yeah, dwarves are cool. He's my buddy. I'd be like, I am indifferent to these dwarven people and their mountains. Fleet-footed. You receive run as a bonus feat and a plus two racial bonus on initiative checks. This replaces keen senses and weapon familiarity. Boy, I like this one, but it replaces two of them. So, I mean, I'd be okay with just weapon familiarity, but I think I want to keep them keen senses. Initiative's so hard to get up. I took this. This is something I also took on my elf because he was a bard, and I really wanted to go first so all my allies could benefit from my bardic performance before the start of their turn. Right. Run doesn't come up as much just because you move so fast with run that it can't be contained by a battle map usually. Right, yes. Next is Lightbringer. This is going to replace both Elven Immunities and Elven Magic. So two pretty good ones. I hope this is good. Elves with this racial trait are immune to light-based blindness and the Dazzle effect and are treated as one level higher when determining the effects of any light-based spell or effect they can cast. Elves with an intelligence score of 10 or higher may use light at will as a spell-like ability. I actually really like that one. I don't... I mean, definitely not getting... Um, getting blinded is no or dazzled isn't anywhere near as bad as getting put to sleep. But uh, just being like a fighter with light at will would be kind of neat. I guess. I don't know. The only thing that would make me do this is if I actually had magic and could use that one level higher. I yeah, guess okay. Like, I guess it's I'd okay. Have to, I'd have to look at light spells. I don't know if there's any that's like, wow, there's a I'm cantrips, one level though, where you higher. can make light and stuff, so it's not like super... It's the plus one level and, you know, the immune to blindness. Is it? That's really... Um, that's something there for you. Next is Silent Hunter, and this replaces Elven Magic. You reduce the penalty for using stealth while moving by five and can make stealth checks while running at a minus 20 penalty. No big deal, right? NBD. <laughs> this number includes the penalty reduction from this racial trait. Uh... I think the penalty for moving while using stealth is normally 10, so you would only have a minus 5 for moving at full speed. And then I'm not even sure if you can make a stealth check while running normally. Yeah, you better have some good old stealth in your thing there. If you're a rogue, it's easy to pump stealth up to crazy levels. Right. I mean, just like one cloak of elven kind, and suddenly you got like a plus 15 at level 2. Right. I, I think this can actually be a very good one for a roguish okay. sneak attack based character. Okay. I wouldn't peg it otherwise. Next is Spirit of the Waters. Elves with this racial trait get a plus four racial bonus on swim checks and can always take a 10 while swimming. And they may choose Aquan as a bonus language. They are proficient with the long spear, the trident, and the net. This replaces both elven magic and weapon familiarity. So trading off some weapons for other weapons, that's fine. Um, Elven magic for stuff to do with swimming. If you're in like a pirate campaign or some water-based campaign, good, great trade-off. Yeah, certainly, but not otherwise. Yeah. If you're not going to be swimming, don't even consider this one. Urbanite. You get a plus two racial bonus on diplomacy checks made to gather information and sense motive checks made to get a hunch about a social situation. This replaces keen senses. Um, you know, not too bad, because honestly, I think diplomacy and sense motive checks can be as important as having that perception. Now, you're you're not just getting a plus two to diplomacy and sense motive, you know, oh, now I get plus four total instead of a plus two with the keen senses, because, you know, it is situational. Right. But still, I think it's comparable. Last we have here is Woodcraft. Elves with this racial trait get a plus one racial bonus on knowledge nature and survival checks. In forest terrain, these bonuses improve to plus two. 
this replaces Elven Magic. Another one where if you're not going to be using um, Arcane Spells, no reason not to take it. Yeah. Getting Knowledge of Nature is cool, too. That's all the alternate racial traits. And just like with the Dwarf, there is a couple other, like, the racial subtypes where you can take a couple and put them together to make something that sounds interesting, like an Arctic Elf, a Dusk Elf, a Savage Elf, a Tower Elf. Look those up if you're interested. There are racial archetypes for this class as well. The ancient lore creeper. The lore creeper. <laughs> he finds, he reads over your shoulder all the time. I hate that, but he does it. You can't stop him. He's an elf. What are you going to do about it? He lives for like 750 years. Who's that guy creeping in the corner? That shadowy figure hunched over reading a book? <laughs> it's the lore creeper. Watch out. <laughs> the ancient lore keeper, however, is an orc, uh, oracle racial archetype. <laughs> uh, spell dancer for the magus. Or the Magus, up to you. I I remember that one being really bad for some reason. I think they replaced their arcane pool with, like, mobility. Spellbinder for the Wizard and Tree Singer for the Druid. Uh, We're going to go over these sometime in the far future when we go over classes. So, but do know there there is one for those guys. Each of these. Welcome, everyone, to today's game show. Last we left off, you had control of the board, David. Go ahead and pick a category. I'll take weak spots for 600, Caleb. I already told you that isn't a category. In that case, I'll take things that don't fit in castles for 400. All right, for $400, here's the answer. This massive thing won't fit into a castle. Dom. What is a dragon? That is correct. All right, we surveyed 100 people. Top five answers are on the board. We come across an obviously important character who I've spent hours preparing as a critical pivot point to the story. What do you do? Yes, David. I shoot him in the face. That is correct. And that means you have reached the million-dollar question. Here we go. David, for a million dollars. This podcast is an entertaining podcast where a couple of friends get together, hang out, and play the tabletop RPG Pathfinder together. Is it A, the Trailblazers Actual Play Podcast? B, Pathfinder Academy, an informative podcast about the same game? C, the Trailblazer Network on iTunes, where you can find both of these shows and more? Or D, more information on our website at tblazer.net? I don't know, that's a tough one. I'd like to phone a friend. All right, let's get Dom on the line. Dom, I'm stuck here. Can you help me out? I sure can. The answer's A, the Trailblazers podcast. Is that your final answer? Yes, A, the Trailblazers podcast. That's correct! And everyone's a winner because everyone can listen to the Trailblazers podcast every Tuesday right here on the Trailblazer Network. Because the only thing nerdier than playing RPGs is listening to shows about people playing RPGs. Let's talk about the racial feats. Let's finish this up, my friend, with some racial feats. We went over a couple with the dwarf. Racial feats are just feats that can only be taken by members of a certain race that typically are very flavorful and sometimes even very powerful. So let's see what the elves have as options to them. The first one is arcane talent. Uh, You have to have a charisma of 10 and be an elf. Choose a zero-level spell from the Sorcerer Wizard spell list. You can cast the spell three times per day as a spell-like ability. The caster level is equal to your character level. The DC is 10 plus your charisma modifier. Mm, I guess it's okay. I mean, yeah, it's good bad. to have cantrips. I wish it was at will, but uh, sometimes right. you don't need them that often, depending on the one you pick. Next is Attune to the Wild. You select one type of terrain from the Ranger's favorite terrain class feature 
and when you're in that selected terrain, your natural healing rate doubles. Ooh, that one's garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us how you really feel, Christian. My goodness. (laughs) If it was a feat that said double your natural healing rate, I probably wouldn't take it. This is double your natural healing rate specifically in one terrain. Yeah, you can't even pick urban, like the one that you'll probably default to once in a while. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, not to, not to say that abilities, <laughs> not to say that that ability is bad, but it's not worth a feat. That's for sure. Part of this uh, racial chain next is Guardian of the Wild. So obviously, you need to tune to the Wild. Uh, when you're in a train type, you have selected the attune to the Wild feat for. You get a plus two dodge bonus to armor class. If you are in the area that qualifies as more than one kind of terrain, these bonuses don't stack. You receive the bonus only for one of the terrain types. Boy, spe- bad because you have to have attuned to the wild as well. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's basically a situational plus two to AC for plus- for two feats. Mm, not worth it. Just take dodge, I'd say. Because uh, like, I-, I feel like the racial one should be better than vanilla feats. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's this more narrow selection. Another feat you can take off of attuned to the wild. Let's hope one of these are good. <laughs> um, is Mage of the Wild. When you're in the terrain type you selected with the Tune for the Wild, you gain a plus two bonus on caster level checks, concentration checks, knowledge arcana, and spellcraft checks. If you are in an area that qualifies as more than one type of terrain, they don't stack. Okay, that one's a little better, because that's like a big breadth of but bonuses. again, you'd have to already have taken a Tune to the Wild. You're wasting two feats on this. Cast, uh, castle level checks are hard to get bonuses on. I think there's only, like, one... I don't even know there's any feats to get it. I think the castle level check is a really big part of this. Well, let's let's see if Spirit of the Wild, the final part of this chain, makes it better. You need to tune to the Wild and Guardian of the Wild. Mage of the Wild won't help. When you're in a train type, you have selected to the tune to the Wild feat. You gain a plus four bonus on perception checks. Perfect, do it! Wait, what, Kinsley, <laughs> Wait. there's more to that sentence. Oh, what, huh? Made to act in the surprise round of combat. If you act in the surprise round, you get a blind sense out to a range of 30 feet. That's interesting, at least, during the surprise round. That is so strange. <laughs> you, were, you were perceptive enough to notice that you're being ambushed, but you couldn't see the invisible thing, so now you get blind sense. That is really... I'm going to use the word niche. That's super niche. <laughs> I don't like this feat chain. Not a not, fan. Yeah, not at all. Not a fan. There's fans. Guess what? I am not one of them. <laughs> like, take me off the ceiling. Don't uh, don't uh, hook electricity up to me. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Next is breadth of experience. By the way, I like breadth. It's a, it's a good word because it's very close to breath. But no, there's a little D in there. You gotta, you gotta shove it in. You know the breadth. Uh, gotta be an elf and a hundred or more years old. No, just a hundred. You lose it. Hundred and one, you're done. Next day after your birthday, it's gone. You get a plus two bonus on all knowledge and profession skill checks and can make checks with those skills untrained. What's that? I'm a mail delivery man. Never did it in my life, but guess what? I got breadth of experience, son. I know how to deliver mail, at least with two points. The dwarves Might as well make same... that check. Oh, look, I know where your house is. <laughs> the dwarves have that same ability just because they can live for so long. This is one that I took with my elf bard because bardic knowledge stacks on top of this and character knew like everything it was kind of, it was kind of like what you just said <laughs> <laughs> next is discerning eye elves or half elves can take this uh you just need to have the keen senses racial trait you can't replace that with an alternate trait to take this feat 
You receive a plus two racial bonus on saving throws against illusion spells, and a plus two bonus on linguistics checks to detect forgeries. You can use the linguistic skill to detect forgeries untrained. That that seems like something you should be trained to do, detecting forgeries. How do you detect nope, forgeries? No, listen, I, I got the mailman, I know where your house is, and you know what? <laughs> this letter isn't even really sent by who says it was. And I never even detected a forgery in my life. I've got a discerning <laughs> eye and a breadth of experience. And guess what? This is garbage as well. Yeah, this one's really bad. You know, some of these, I bet, were like made early on before some like of the other more interesting feats came about. I'm just guessing. But let's talk about elven accuracy. Your sharp eyesight makes difficult shots easier. If you miss due to concealment while making a ranged attack with a longbow or shotbow, you can reroll your missed chance roll one time to see if you actually hit. Uh, that's kind of cool. Concealment doesn't always come up, but being able to reroll is, is pretty cool. That that stacks with other feats like strong comeback and I like this one. Um, if you just if your GM is an experienced GM, I think especially earlier in my GM experience, I kind of hand waved concealment for a while and cover. So you know, after a while, make sure if that's what your GM's doing. This is something I, I would consider picking. I would never actually pick this feat because it is a downgrade of blind fight. This is specifically you can roll once if you miss because of concealment when you are using a longbow or shortbow only. Why wouldn't you just take Blind Fight, which is... Oh, wait. Oh, because Blind Fight's only melee, but they have all that other stuff. Never mind. I'm wrong. This is, I guess, the only way to do it with range attacks. I guess so. I'm going to keep that in, because I love it when you're wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm only going to keep it in, because then it makes sense. Next is Elven Battle Training. The prerequisite for this feat, other than being an elf, is you need to have at least one base attack bonus. So either, like, level one fighter, level two, anything else... That's not full BAB. You have received special training with traditional elven weapons. You receive a plus two to your CMD against disarm and sunder maneuvers directed at one of these weapons you are wielding. In addition, if you are wielding one of these melee weapons, you may make an additional attack of opportunity each round. This bonus stacks with other things. Uh... They're, they're, they're giving us enough bad things for me to say that, well, there's enough of them to say that it's not terrible. <laughs> Like, if it was just one attack of opportunity each round, I'd be like, mm, no, this is terrible. And if it was just the CMD against Disarm and Sunder, I'd be like, mm, this is terrible. But together, it's like, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> the next feat is Leaf Singer. You need at least 13 Charisma, and you need the Bardic Performance class feature to take this as an Elf. Or Half-Elf. When you use a Bardic Performance with audible components in a forest, the range or area of your chosen performance is doubled. In addition, the DC for the saving throws against your bard performance increased by plus two for creatures of the Fey type, regardless of where the performance occurs. The doubled range would be useful if I really saw people be sticklers for the 30-foot range for bardic performance. Yeah, I actually really like that. And a um, plus two to DC? You know what? Oh, for just for Fey type. I don't yeah, know. I still Fae. think I'm, I might pick this as a bard. This is pretty cool. Yeah, if you know um, it's like a themed campaign, you're going to be in a forest for a long time. I think that's great. Yeah. Especially, I'd have to look at more of the offensive ones, but stuff like um, the Fascinate performance become a lot more powerful when it's like 60 feet out. Mm -hmm. Next is Light Step. You need acrobatic steps, nimble moves. You can ignore the effects of difficult terrain in natural environments as if it were normal terrain. Um, I'm going to have to know what acrobatic steps is before I review this one. 
Nimble moves would be the first part of the chain, which is you can take five foot steps in difficult terrain once per round. Acrobatic steps is the next prerequisite for that. And it's you can move up to 15 feet of difficult terrain each round as if it were normal terrain. And then you get this, which is in natural environments, you can just always move through natural, or excuse me, difficult terrain. Um, that's interesting. Uh, hmm, I don't know. It's a lot of feats to do. The other two feats are pretty good, though. Um, it's interesting. If you're going to be in nature a lot, maybe. It kind of gets thwarted by, like, I, I'm pretty sure this was in, like, the core rule book. There's, like, a pair of slippers for 2,500 gold that give you feather step, which <laughs> allow you to ignore difficult terrain. So you can either spend 2,500 gold or be down three feet to do this in some environments. Mm. Mm, I'm going to say not worth it. <laughs> You're not going to debate it a little bit more? You're not going to let that go through your head a little bit more? Mm, no. Oh, okay. Well, at least you gave it a couple more mms. Some of the last <laughs> one. The very last one is stabbing shot. In order to take this, you need the rapid shot feat. When you are adjacent to an opponent and you're making a full attack action with a longbow or shortbow, you may choose to make a melee attack against that opponent with a drawn arrow rather than firing it. To note, that typically means you're making the attack at a minus four because it's an improvised weapon. Hmm. If this attack hits, whether or not it does damage, your target is pushed back five feet away from you. You can then fire arrows from your bow normally at the original target or another target within range. This melee attack replaces the extra attack from rapid shot. In all of your attack rolls for the round, take a minus two penalty as if you're using the rapid shot feat. If your initial attack leaves you with no enemies threatening you, you can make the subsequent range attacks or attacks without provoking attacks opportunity. Uh, there's other ways. There's another feat you can get to stop provoking attacks opportunity. Not it's called five foot step. I don't. No, no, no. I don't get a, this. You can't always do that. Um, you never know. Different the way the situation is. If you have a good GM who's making uh, an interesting battle layout, but there's a, there's another feat that you cannot. I was just making a ranged character the other day. Um, not really super interested in this one. The idea is kind of to push him away. Uh, not that that's actually where I have the biggest problem with this. Like elves are these limber, agile people. Why isn't it you like disengage five feet away? Well, I think the idea is that you're so agile, you quickly can stab them, and then still, without wasting any time, notch that arrow to shoot it. Yeah, but, like, they get pushed away. Like, I imagine someone getting pushed Christian, away five feet is like an ogre with a tree, and he's like, kaboom. It. <laughs> you question Paizo, and he, then they the smite you. The elf should you. do a backflip. They the smite you, do Christian. A... Do you want to get smited? Is that what you're saying you want right now? I, what I'm saying I want is that the elf stabs them with the arrow, and then vaults off them and does a backflip and shoots the arrows. That's what I imagine right into their cranium, doing. instant KO. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hops on his she- a shield and goes down a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that's the what best I want. scene of the movie I think we can all agree that's all the racial feats um, L's kind of got shafted here there's none that I'm like cool alright like an arrow one. shaft uh, uh, oh, eh. uh, it's thematic uh, uh. at least I didn't go into <laughs> dicks with it so there's actually this is the first one we've come across here there is a prestige class for the elf there's actually two prestige classes available to elves specifically and uh, one of them for half elves as well the first one is called Brightness Seeker. To qualify to be a Brightness Seeker, you need to have the Iron Will feat, you need to have one rank in Perception, Survival, Knowledge Nature, and Knowledge Religion. Um, of those two Knowledge skills, you need to have at least five ranks in one of them. This is a prestige class that revolves around elves that believe in some sort of idea of reincarnation. So what the interesting thing that this class does is that you get to channel aspects of your past incarnations. 
You can channel abilities that give you things like blind sense, dark vision, scent, things like that, and emulate stuff that you came from in nature. Kind of seems like a the first version 1.0 of the Hunter that we covered in the ACG series. A little bit, yeah. They have a and they have a lot of mostly passive abilities. Like they get a lot of bonuses to certain saving throws because they can get reincarnated. And I think their capstone is. Let me do look. Yeah, um, they get rebirth as an ability, so they get some sort of reincarnation ability of their own kind. We'll go into detail about these guys when we cover all the classes. So don't worry about that. The other one that's really interesting is known as the Lantern Bearer. The Lantern Bearers are a group of elves who believe that the drow are their mistake and their blade on the world, and they are dedicated to getting rid of all the drow. So to be a lantern bearer, you have to be an elf or half-elf, and another lantern bearer has to, like, bring you into the fold. And then you just get a lot of really neat stuff. It's kind of like a full BAB prestige class, and you get a lot of spell-like abilities that are useful against everything, not just drow, but specifically useful against drow. You get a lot of favored enemy stuff, you get a lot of, like, hiding in plain sight... It's actually a, one of the coolest prestige classes I've ever seen. Yeah, this we normally wouldn't go over this because this isn't in a core book, but you are so interested in this that you had to bring it up. It is interesting. So let's uh, let's 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 put a little bow and a little package up this elf. What are our feelings on the elf class? The elf race, Caleb. Okay, yeah. Sorry, whatever. <laughs> but maybe I want to be an elf, even though I'm a human, huh? What about that? Oh, what are you a tra- are, you're, you're a trans elf? elf? Huh? You are a trans elf? On the outside, I'm a human, but on the inside, I'm an elf. Makes <laughs> on elf every elf. level but physical, <laughs> I am an elf. I can't even remember the meme as well as you. <laughs> you are the meme master. I give in. You have the title, Christian. Someone finally acknowledges it. Gosh. <laughs> you um, are the I, dankest of memesters. I really like elves. I like their abilities and the main thing i like is that when i made my elf like they don't become true adults till they're 110 years old so you have 110 years of backstory to consider for your character yeah and if they're even older than like if they're 200 or something year olds you have all that time to consider for your character and it really helps like flesh out the character because you have to think like okay he wasn't just sitting around for 50 years he was doing something and I want to to make a point here. I I, I might as well bring it up now since this is, this is the longest living creature. Just because they're an adult at 100 years does not mean that their mind is the mind of a human 20-year-old. It just means that they are now whatever is like one quarter in their life or whatever the amount is to be an adult. So don't play them as if they're children. I mean, you can if you want to, but I think many people make that mistake. It's just about what age you are compared to your max life expectancy, not your mental age. So the 100-year-old, quote-unquote, adult elf is going to behave far better than the 100-year-old venerable human. He's just going to be as wise. That's actually where their plus-two intelligence bonus comes from, in a flavor perspective. Because they're so much older, they have more experience in the world. Right. All right, uh, for, for me, I like the elves a lot. Uh, if I'm doing a dex-based character, I think I think about picking elves, sometimes half-elf, but we'll get to them soon enough. Um but, you know, the elf, the, the immunity to sleep and that bonus to perception really uh, intrigues me about them. And they have so many awesome racial traits to replace if you are not a magic person or if you don't want that weapon familiarity, you can switch them out. Um, I like them, and, you know, I always like just the different kind of lore you can put on the elves, whether you not want to go traditional stuff from either Paizo or from, uh, you know, J.R.R. Token or other such. Many people have used the elves. It's always, it's always fun to be able to draw from that kind of story and that idea. 
as, as, as mechanically, I like them a lot, and I think they're a solid class to be part of the base five, the core five. All right, uh, stay tuned for extra credit where we'll go over their favorite class options. And next week is the gnome. Gnome. Now, I got some things to say about the gnome. If you guys didn't like what I said about the dwarf, you might want to listen to the gnome episode so you can be even more upset with me. <laughs> yes. Do you have something in short people? Is that it? Well, maybe I do, maybe I don't. You'll have to listen to the episode to find out. How do you feel about halflings? Listen to that episode to find out. Christian, <laughs> we need to get them to listen to more episodes. So we can get but I want to know sweet, now. Sweet money. We need that sweet internet money that comes no. when people just listen to your stuff. And yeah, that, Matt, it, it works, just right? flows straight through your CD-ROM drive. <laughs> I knew I installed it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we love you all very much. Wait, do we? I don't know. That's how I ended my YouTube videos, and I thought I was on YouTube again. Let's re-edit that. <laughs> Maybe I should leave that in because it's almost funny. I've never been funny before. I think it's I funny. almost funny before. Um, thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Hey, Brian, you want to play role-playing games tonight? I can't. My body's trapped in this strange membrane. Wow. Should I take you to a doctor? Nah, it feels really good. Just put my earbuds in. No, that's just wrong. But here at Tales from the Lich, we're all right. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com <sighs> That's just wrong. <laughs>